Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning. This is Terry Wickstrom, and uh, I'm sitting in my palatial studio in my home in Fort Collins. And, you know, I got fifty over 15 inches of snow in my yard this week. This winter won't go away, but, you know, this is going to melt quick. A huge part of it melted uh, yesterday, and the rest will probably melt today. And I know a lot of you got lesser amounts, and probably most of it's gone. Maybe it gave us all a chance to stay inside like we haven't been doing that enough, right? But uh, spring is coming, and there's fishing's going to take off. We're going to talk about that. Turkey hunting is going on. We're going to talk some about that. Uh, we're going to talk about boating, and we're going to talk about the effects of getting out and how good it is for you to be outside and some of the restrictions that are on us. So we've got a lot to cover today. But right now, I want to go right to the phones. And joining us, uh, he's a member of the Centennial Bass Club, an avid angler and volunteer, is Bill Wilson. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Terry and everybody else. Then did you you know you live down closer to Bertha now? How much snow did you get? I'm pretty sure we got around uh, ten inches, maybe as many as twelve on the west side of Bertha. But uh, we got plenty, and we sure needed the moisture, and we're thankful for that. Well, you know, Mark Coughlin said the same thing to me. We always can use the moisture. I said, "Yeah, but I don't have to shovel rain." So, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah, and Bill, the reason I had you on, you uh, took part in a, an event for many, many years now called Cast for Kids, and I know that might have to get rescheduled, but I want to talk about that and what it is and how you how you uh, take care of these kids and what goes on there and let people know that there are activities like that. Also, you're very active in the Centennial Bass Club where you not only help the youth, but you participate in tournaments and help run some tournaments, and I want to get some feedback on what's going on there. And uh, I think before we're done, I might even see if you've been out fishing and get a get an idea, maybe if you've seen any fish that are active yet. But before we get to all that, uh, there was recently BASS, the Bass Associate, Bass Angler Sports Society, just recently um, this year, they uh, they came out with a new award. It's called the Casper Kids Humanitarian Award for Outstanding Volunteer Service to Improve the Lives of Others. Now, um, those of us in Colorado, especially up in Fort Collins, have known what you do and you volunteer and what you give to the community for a long, long time, and we've appreciated it. But you got recognized uh, as one of the nominees for this new national award. I think there were five nominees. And I just wanted to give you some kudos and tell you how proud we are of you and the work you do. Tell us a little bit about the award. Well... Thanks, Terry. I, uh, I've had a lot of accolades this last couple of weeks that uh, I don't know how deserving they are, but i got to tell you, CAS has become the love of my life. It's uh, I, I was in whenever we first started planning CAST in Colorado 24 years ago. This will be our 24th event, so I've kind of grown up with it as much as everybody else. Well, I got old with it, and all the children <laughs> uh, have, have grown up with it, but uh, it's a, a fishing charity for kids. It's nationwide, and uh, we just basically want to enrich the lives of the special needs children and their families. And, and it is such a big 
um, enriching factor for our communities. And uh, we do this through the sport of fishing, which is right down our alley as a bass club. So nationally, we have about 32 states that are having events. And uh, here in uh, Colorado, we are at the Fort Collins at the Horsetooth Reservoir and have been all these years. So it's a it's a great opportunity for people to come together to celebrate these children's lives who are just so special and their families who 24-7 are with those children trying to keep them going. And so what we do is we take them out uh, one day a year. We take them out in boats and, and fish, not just from shore, but we take them out in boats with their parents or guardians or caregivers and just have a blast out there on the water. Some of them just want to ride around in a boat. Some of them want to stop and catch a few fish, and we just try and accommodate them and their families on that special day. It's just a celebration of the the most special children in the world. I just uh, kind of love them. Now, these are special needs children, is that right? Yes, special needs children and uh, and special children. They are uh, a lot of them are not so special needs. They're just uh, disadvantaged, perhaps. A lot of single moms want to get their children out. We we try and take care of, I call it differently abled and disadvantaged children also. Now, this you said it's been going on in Colorado for 20-some years, and you get volunteers from the club, but it takes a lot of organization to run this. Um, first of all, I guess the question on everybody's mind, first, first of all, I guess, is we're so proud of you for being nominated for this award. You certainly are deserving, and I know you're humble and you want to talk more about the organization, but I want everybody to know that over the past 20, 30 years, how much you've given to the community. You've been nominated for some other awards, I believe, haven't you? Well, I, I like I said, I've just had a lot of praise the last couple of weeks, and um, one of the nice things that I've been awarded was an honorary membership of the Pooter Golden Cake Kiwanis Club in uh, Fort Collins. And uh, I'm their first ever honorary member, and I'm working with them in fundraising so we can take care of some of the local uh, children's uh, um, institutions there in uh, Fort Collins area. And um, I'm real proud to be a Kiwanian now. And, uh, of course, with our world situation, a lot of things are different. But we are uh, very positive in what we're trying to do with the Kiwanians. I've also been cooking breakfast for the veterans each year for the last 24 years, I believe it is. And uh, I do that on Veterans Day at the Senior Center. And uh, we love our veterans. And uh, uh, myself being a veteran, I always uh, wanted to help take care of them. And I uh, also have received another award from CAST, and that was a special special event for uh, a special award for uh, being with cast. Well, you, you certainly deserve all the accolades. Let's talk a little bit about how people might participate if they have a child. Um, first off, I guess it's how do you feel about it? Are you going to be able to have the event this year? Or is this COVID thing going to affect it or don't you know? Well, these children are a lot of them at risk physically. And so, we certainly don't want to get anybody um, in contact with the COVID-19. So we are trying to uh, uh, decide. We've got it scheduled right now tentatively for June 7th, 
it's a Sunday this year instead of Saturdays. And uh, so we have it scheduled for that day, and we're going to we're monitoring it very closely right now because the last thing we would want to do is get one of these special children sick or sicker. And uh, so what we're trying to do is safeguard them and all the volunteers. Uh, so we might have to postpone it, but uh, right now it looks like we're 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 scheduling it, and I'm ordering all the uh, tackle boxes. Each child gets a tackle box and a rod and reel, and the tackle box is full of goodies from a lot of our local sponsors. Um, they get a T-shirt, they get a hat, they get a plaque, which is the special part of cast is they get uh, celebrated with a plaque that shows that they participated as well as uh, a picture of them with their boater. And so it's just kind of a special, special time. This year, if they want to sign up and register, they can do so at castforkids.org and uh, select the horse tooth event and uh, go ahead and register the children, the boaters, the volunteers, shore volunteers, anybody that's interested in helping us take all these children out. Uh, we, we serve a big breakfast and a great big lunch from Nordy's Barbecue. And uh, so it's a, it's a great time. It's, it's so much fun, and anybody and everybody is invited. If they have a special needs children, child, they are special themselves. So everybody is invited that would like to come. But it is limited to 40 children. So first come, first serve on the registration. Everybody needs to jump on that soon. All right. Well, that, yeah, and that's, it's such a great cause. And I think you and I, angling has been such a part of our lives that we would, uh, I think we can relate to people and tell them that um, getting out on the water, there's something therapeutic and doing an outdoor activity creates memories and bonding that go above and beyond sometimes any other activity. You know, I, uh, a few years ago, American sports angling uh, society, uh, Association, association, excuse me, did a survey of adults over the age of 40, and they asked them, what's your most memorable activity with your parents? 52% chose an outdoor activity, fishing, hunting, or camping. The next highest was going to a sporting event, and that was 12%. So when you get outdoors and do these kind of things, uh, it does create memories. And this is an opportunity for people who maybe wouldn't be able to take their child out they wouldn't have the resources or the knowledge and, and go with them and create some of these memories and i think anybody who can get out during this covid 19 uh what we're going to with the virus if you can get out and do it responsibly and do it socially distancing get out and go to the shore of a lake in fact we're going to talk to um the biologist from the loveland longmont area uh, ben swiggle later and he's going to give us some shore fishing ideas but getting out, I think you would agree, just really can create some great memories and bonding, can't it? Oh, certainly, Terry. Some of my favorite memories are through the Bass Club. Um, of course, it's an it's an ed- educational event. Um, we call ourselves Bass 101 sometimes, and I've learned so much through the 24 years I've been part of Centennial Bass. I've learned to get a, a, a wide variety of techniques and how to catch fish in different waters and everything. And it, it's been such a great thing for us. But one of the special thrills is always getting somebody else to catch a fish. And which that, whether they're a special needs child or um, I took an older gentleman out a couple of years ago that was blind 
officially blind, and he caught seven or eight smallmouth up at Horsetooth Reservoir. There's no better feeling than having somebody else succeed, and uh, that's that's the fun part of uh, having a bass boat and taking people out. And especially right. with the resources we have here, it's great. It really, really does. And, it's, you know, you brought up, we talked about the Bass Club. You've been a member, a longtime member. You help run some tournaments. You do some different activities with them. Um, right now, you probably have, you probably can't have meetings right now, but if somebody's interested in the Bass Club, are there still ways to join and resources they could take advantage of? Oh, certainly. We are going to have a future of, of uh, tournaments this summer. I'm confident in that. We uh, are just waiting for the for the social distancing thing to uh, kind of take care of itself. But right now, if they want to research us, it's at Centennial Bass. Uh, just Google centennialbass.com. That'll be fine. And uh, mm-hmm. they can go ahead and join, and then we'll vote them in right before we start our tournaments. So new members do have to be voted in, but uh, everybody and anybody that's interested in fishing, we are interested in taking them out, whether they have a bass boat or not. Uh, that's the way the bass clubs are, seven bass clubs in the state of Colorado with the Colorado Bass Nation, and everybody wants to have some new members. So if anybody's interested, you don't have to have a bass boat. You don't have to have millions of dollars worth of of uh, equipment you just need to have the will and passion to, for fishing and we'll take care of the rest just don't tell my sponsors you don't need all that okay but <laughs> <laughs> exactly we we got to have our no, sponsors you're, too that's for sure you're absolutely right and the last thing i want to talk to you about is have, i know it's early in the season we've had the snow on and off the fish have moved in and out have you gotten out on horse tooth i know it's one of your favorite waters and if you had any luck I've only been out twice, but uh, the first time I went out was opening day, which was April 1st, and uh, water temp was a little bit warmer than I anticipated it. It was about 40.7, and uh, I actually caught seven smallmouth that first day, and uh, they were a little bit shallower than I thought they would be. They were like uh, 18, 20 foot. Yeah, I I think um, you you and I talked a little bit about it, so I didn't mean to interrupt you. We talked a little bit about that. Um, I went out uh, a couple of weeks ago myself, but then I had a little boat issue, so I didn't fish much. Um, but I looked for him deep. In fact, the only fish we did catch, we only fished for about 20 minutes. Karen caught, obviously. She always outfishes me. And that was shallow. And I expected the fish to be down 40, 50 feet. But like you said, it seems like they're, they're shallower. Do you think this cold weather has moved them back down? Or If you were going to head out in the next week, it's supposed to be nice. Where would you look for them? I have talked with a lot of people that were catching them in 65 foot of water back when I was catching them shallow. So I think what was happening was because of the warming trend, they were moving in and out. I think right now with the last few uh, days of cold, I would look for them probably in 35 to 50 uh, foot of water and uh, get something down there to them. And and they're probably going to be close to the bottom, I would think. What type of a presentation do you like in that situation? Well, there's several. Uh, one of them, I, I, I'm a big uh, jigging spoon fan for bass in cold water. And uh, I, I really believe that if you uh, got a jig down to the bottom and, and didn't move it very much um, at all, not the great big jerks and everything, I think a slow presentation with a jig would probably work, with a jigging spoon right now would work. 
Um, this time of the year, I also find them if they are moving up. I, I do a lot of jerk bait uh, fishing this time of the year, and I think that uh, smallmouth, especially their horse, to just love a jerk bait if uh, if they have moved up to about five to twenty feet. That's what I like to throw right there. All right. Well, I love a jerk bait this time of the year too. In fact, I may talk more about that later on in the show. And some of the very same presentations you you would use are the same type of things I would. But thank you for putting us on to that. We've got to run on to our next segment, Bill. But once again, congratulations for being nominated. But mostly, thank you for all the work you've done over the years for all the different organizations. And you want you to know you're so appreciated by the outdoor community in the state. Thanks so much, Terry. I appreciate that. All right. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. Maybe we can get out in the water this summer. That would be fun. All right. Thanks, Bill. We'll talk to you soon. That's uh, Bill Wilson with Centennial Bass Club. He's just devoted so much of his time to making other people's lives better. He deserves some recognition. We'll take a quick time out, and we come back. Jim Hawkins is going to join us from Parks and Wildlife, and we're going to talk boating right here in Colorado on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We're going to go right to the phones, and we're joined by uh, Jim Hawkins from Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm doing well. I don't know if you got a chance to listen, but we were talking to Bill Wilson early, and I know you know him from your, your past. What a great guy he is, huh? He is an amazing, so I just want to take a second and uh, tell Bill congratulations on the nomination. He's such a amazing individual so he deserves everything that he gets and he's so humble about it he just keeps giving and uh, you know the world just needs more people like that so it's always nice especially at times like this to hear those bright spots you know that yep exactly now you want to talk about boating more and people are getting out more ramps are opening up and as of right now i double checked by the way the covid um Colorado Parks and Wildlife COVID um, site this morning. I check it every day, and it has been updated for a couple of days, which is good. That means that nothing has changed, and you're still encouraging fishing and boating and, and things like that. But I, I would assume you probably have – you and I are going to talk boating safety, and we're going to talk about equipment and how to act and what to do and things like that. But you probably have a different message to start out this year with the COVID, don't you? Right. And that's, uh, you know, we're in different times right now and, you know, making sure that you're doing your social distancing is now, you know, a part of life, Uh, especially I think it's incorporated in boating safety now until, you know, we can get this under control. So I guess our message would be, you know, everybody wants to get out, get fishing. It's beautiful out besides when Colorado's dumping six inches of snow or 18 inches, depending on where you live. But, you know, we're really encouraging people to stay local, you know, stay near, uh, you know, use reservoirs that are close to you. Don't travel the state uh, for a couple of days and come back. Uh, limit the people aboard your boat uh, to people that are in your immediate household. So no guests, no friends, you know, unfortunately not even grandparents if they don't live in your house. Uh, just make sure that you're really focusing on that social distancing. Uh, the other thing, too, is before we even get on the water, you know, we're doing uh, ANS inspections. Uh, once you arrive at the inspection station, you know, we ask that you stay in your vehicle, set the parking brake, turn off your vehicle. And uh, if for some reason the inspector needs you to exit your vehicle, uh, he or she will signal to you uh, to exit your vehicle. And just make sure 
you know, our inspectors are doing a great job. They're out there working hard. Uh, just make sure that you give them that safe space of uh, six feet. Well, and because they're going to be interacting with a number of people uh, potentially, and we don't want to expose them any more than we want them to expose you as you're bringing your boat in. And I would also say, you know, be careful about congregating on the docks or tying your boat up for too long at a dock where you're kind of restricting the landing. The more we cooperate on this, the better it's going to be for everybody, right? Yeah, and exactly, you know, and, you know, as it starts to warm up, the marinas are going to start opening up. So just pay attention to what you're touching. Uh, you know, specifically like a marina gate, a fuel pump, uh, or surfaces that a lot of people have touched. Just make sure that you wash your hands or use hand sanitizer after you've been touching those. Now, let's kind of, we, we still need to review. You know, one of my biggest fears during this COVID thing is that I know when I watch the news at night that they don't cover much of the other news, but there's still other things going on in the world. And just like in boating, there's still other safety uh, regulations and equipment you need, and there's etiquette and and ways to act when you're on the water. And I, I we don't want those to get lost. That COVID is the only message. So let's start out with equipment. If I'm taking, if I'm a first time boater in Colorado, I got my new boat, or even if I'm a boater for a while, what type of equipment do I need on my boat as I when I launch? Yeah. So the biggest thing is just make sure that you register your boat with the state. Make sure you get a temporary res- registration if you just purchased it. Um, or, you know, renew your registration online. Uh, the biggest thing that we preach boating safety is always wear your life jacket. Uh, you know, make sure you have life jackets on board for everyone. Make sure that they're U.S. Coast Guard approved and in good condition. So, you know, the buckles and straps, there's no wear or tear on your life jackets if they are. You just need to replace them. Uh, the other thing that's really important to us is just make sure any child uh, under the age of 13 is always wearing their life jacket. Uh, make sure that you have a fire extinguisher that's in serviceable condition. So just make sure, you know, you're checking that pin or dial before uh, you go out. Um, if your vessel is over 16 feet, make sure you have a tight foot throwable, which is kind of like a square cushion uh, that has straps on it. Usually people are sitting on those um, or yeah. you know, a, a buoy, something like that. A sound producing device, like a whistle or a horn. And uh, just make sure you check your navigation lights and make sure those are working, especially if you're going out, you know, early morning or the evening. And the biggest thing is, too, is just make sure you make a float plan uh, with your significant other or friend and just let them know what you're doing just in case you do have engine troubles. You know, everybody's getting out right now, maybe their first or second time, and the boat's been sitting for a while. So just make sure that somebody knows where you're at and make sure you have your cell phone. Well, and along with that, too, you and I have talked before, and I'm pretty adamant about starting the motor before I take the boat off the trailer. I see so many people, and they're fr- even friends of mine, that just dump the boat in and let it come off the trailer. Then they tie it up, and they go park, and they get in it to start it. Well, it can be extremely difficult to get that boat back on the trailer if you can't get it started. Or if they dump you in and you're in it and you're not tied up, you could start drifting away and you may not have a way to get back even to the trailer. Um, How do you feel about that as far as starting the boat when it's on the trailer? No, I I agree 100%. Uh, That's uh, something that we preach to everyone is just make sure that your boat starts uh, before you throw your boat in the water. Uh, There's nothing worse than just drifting away from the dock or seeing your trailer pull away and, you know, you're drifting away and you don't know how to get back. Uh, so I would highly recommend that I agree with you 100% making sure that your boat starts and idles for a couple minutes before you pull off the trailer. 
Yeah, and you know, another good tip, first of all, check your batteries. We talked a little bit about this with Chad LaChance last week. Um, check your batteries. If, you, uh, if you've been sitting on a trickle charger all year, check make sure they've got distilled water in them and they're good. Uh, those can be an issue that your batteries can be dead on you. And, and if you've got those little earmuff-like things that can go over your motor, it doesn't hurt to hook a hose to it and start it before you even take it out of the yard and make sure your water pump is pumping water and just everything's working. So just, just be cautious. Now, one of the things I think some people don't recognize, uh, Jim, is that a lot of craft are identified as boating craft in Colorado and have to file follow um, restrictions and etiquette and how they behave. And I think... Boats like sometimes kayaks and paddle boards, I don't know if they realize that they need certain safety equipment and certain behavior too, don't they? Yeah, they do, uh, especially our paddle craft. You know, during right now, uh, we're really focused on them with cold water immersion, uh, and they have the ability to tip over. Um, so we really want to make sure that they're having a life jacket on board. Uh, we would like to see them wearing their life jacket. Um, especially with the colder temps. I think Bill said the water temp was 40 degrees. I was just out on another reservoir, uh, and the water temperature was 33 degrees. So it's pretty cold out there. Uh, and make sure that you have a sound-producing device. But the other thing, too, is just make sure, you know, we're all in this together uh, and make sure that we're courteous to everyone and giving everybody at least 150 feet, fishermen specifically, um, or people that are maintaining buoys. We have all of our staff out there putting out buoys uh, this time of the year. And I think a lot of people don't uh, don't um, realize that the 150 foot thing. I think it, it, there's so many new boaters, and unfortunately, we don't make people take a class before they get on the water. We should, and some vendors aren't very good necessarily of explaining the rules. And and this applies to all boaters, whether you're towing a wakeboarder or a skier, or you're on a paddleboard, or you're a fisherman or a fishing boat. Is the 150 foot rule? I think is something that gets overlooked. And I think people need to realize if somebody you have to give a fishing boat or a fishing a fisherman on shore or a person fishing in a boat or doing another activity in a boat, 150 feet, no matter what type of craft you're in. Is that right? Yep, that's correct. And the other thing, too, is, you know, there's a lot of lakes and reservoirs out there that have congested uh, areas where the lake does narrow and maybe you can't give them 150 feet. Uh, however, you need to slow down to no wake you know, pass the vessel or pass the fisherman, and then you can come back up on plane if that's uh, yeah. an issue that you run into. And it, really what it comes down to is courtesy and common sense. And we all want to get out there, and, you know, and I think we want to be safe during these times, and we want to have some enjoyment. I want to I take another minute just to circle back to the cold water, though, because you can end up in the water so quickly, whether you're in a kayak, which I, I have. I've dumped a kayak and ended up in the cold water. Um, you can, I know Chad Lachance one time fell off the front of his boat. And people don't realize in cold water how quickly that affects you and how difficult it can be to recover from that. Even in water that's 50 degrees, I mean, the water now is extremely cold. It affects you really rapidly, doesn't it? It does. And, uh, you know, right now the water, water is always dangerous, but specifically in this time, you know, hypothermia, you know, if you fall into the water, uh, the first thing that's going to hit you is uh, your breathing. You're going to take a, probably a quick gulp of cold water and come back up and, you know, you got to get, get your breathing under control. And then you have about 10 minutes to get out of the water before uh, real hypothermia starts, uh, you know, setting in. And what I mean by that is you start losing your ability to grab the side of the boat or hold on to a canoe or kayak. So, 
you know, that life jacket is really going to help you during these times. So please, please wear your life jacket when you're out there. All right. We are out of time, Jim, but also a quick reminder to people, you you know, drinking and boating is just as much of breaking the law as driving in a car and boating. And, you know, people tend to have an adult beverage at times when they're at the lake, so be ex- extremely careful. Yes, please. So, go ahead. All right, Terry. Well, uh, yeah, you know, we're out there looking for uh, intoxicated operators. And the thing that we need to think about is if people are out on their boat and they're drinking and boating, they're obviously going to have to get their vehicle and back it down the ramp and go to the campgrounds or get on the county road. So uh, we take it very seriously. So please uh, don't drink and boat. All right. Thanks, Jim. I think it's just always good to remind people and give them a little uh, heads up because they're going to be heading out. And we want everybody to get out there. We just want them to do it safely and have a great time. Thank, thank you again, and we'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure. All right. Thanks, Terry. You bet. Jim Hawkins from Colorado Parks and Wildlife. We're going to take a quick time out. Then we're going to take you up to Jackson Lake and not only talk about the activities at the lake, but there's some special designations they're going for. All that and more on Terry Wisham Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us from Jackson Lake State Park is Amy Brandenburg. Good morning, Amy. Hi, Terry. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great now that the snow in my yard is finally melting. I, the winter won't go away at my house. But <laughs> And I, I think that was across the state. Did they get much snow up at the park, do you know? Yeah, we did get a few inches, but it's melting off pretty fast. There's not much left. Yeah, the the sun is so high in the sky this time of the year. Hey, for people who don't know much about Jackson Lake, maybe they're new to the area or just never been out there, why don't you describe the park for them and tell them where it's located? Yeah, so we're located in Orchard, Colorado, which is near Fort Morgan, um, about an hour and some change uh, northeast of Denver. We're mostly known for our boating and fishing and camping opportunities. Uh, Unfortunately, our campgrounds are closed right now due to COVID-19, Uh, but boating is still available. Our ramps are still open. And uh, before this last cold snap, the fishing really started picking up. So I think with a few more days of warm weather, we're probably going to see that happen again. And, you know, when camping does reopen there, it, um, people think they get out into the Eastern Plains and they think it's just prairie country, but I've camped there many, many years ago and there's a lot of trees at Jackson Lake. Yeah, we're really lucky. It's kind of like you're you're driving through the prairie and then you come up on a bunch of trees and there's Jackson Lake. So it's kind of a anomaly out where we're at, but we we appreciate the trees where we can get them. <laughs> All right. And then the um the weather um when the weather when the weather warms up, you guys were voted I think in the top 10 beaches at state parks in the United States. Is that right? Yeah, so we did receive that designation, and we, I think, are the only actual inland uh, beach that uh, was ranked. So that was pretty exciting. Everything else was on the coast. Now, the beach size varies quite a bit, but you have a tremendous amount of sand. It's a big, sandy area, and you can walk out forever in that sand. I remember walking out for, I think, halfway across the lake, and I was still up to my waist in that sand. But this, uh, I'm going to ask you about the water levels. And when the water levels are high, which they probably are now, the beach is smaller. But then as farmers draw water and the weather gets warmer, that beach gets bigger and bigger. Would that be an accurate description? 
Absolutely. When those uh, farmers start drawing water from the reservoir, because that's what uh, our reservoir is actually intended for, is for the farmers to grow our food, uh, that beach gets bigger and bigger. So there's a lot more space to, to enjoy sunbathing and beach activities. So how is the water level right now? I would assume everybody seems to be doing pretty well. Are you guys doing well with water? Yeah, we're full right now. And so you said that there, before this last snowstorm, which I'm sure put the fish down a little bit, that fishermen were having quite a bit of luck. Were they doing it from a boat or shore or both, and what were they catching? Yeah, so we uh, actually had luck with both. So out on boats, a lot of people were catching walleye uh, throughout the lake. Um, and then down by the inlet, they were catching quite a few wipers. So shoremen and boaters were, were having luck. So that doesn't typically happen. It's usually one or the other. So uh, it was fun to see uh, both groups having good luck. And, of course, we want everybody, when they come out to practice social distancing, is there room to spread out and fish the shore quite a bit? Yeah, uh, down by the boat ramp, there's uh, plenty of space to fish over there. On our dam, you can really spread out. Uh, that is open to fishermen. Uh, the inlet can get a little tight sometimes, so if people are seeing a lot of people down at the inlet, we're usually recommending uh, to just try and find another place to fish like the dam. All right. Well, let's talk about something else special. You guys do a lot of programs out there at um, Jackson Lake during the course of the year. I know your chili cook-off and your Dutch oven in the fall is just a huge draw, and people love that. But you also have um, a lot of astronomy things that go on there. People come out with telescopes. You have gatherings. You have clubs that help you. And you just recently applied for a certification. Tell us about that. Yeah, so Jackson Lake has been uh, in about a two-and-a-half-year process to become an international dark skies park. So it would be the first state park in Colorado and one of just a handful of places in Colorado with the accreditation. Uh, So... The way that we first started it is we applied for a couple grants from the Colorado Parks Foundation and then also uh, the Director's Innovation Grant through GoCo. Uh, We were awarded both grants, so we were able to purchase new fixtures. We were able to uh, partner with Morgan County Rural Electric Association. They came in and they took out all of our large street lamps. So we're really trying to eliminate a lot of the outside light pollution uh, to help with nocturnal animals and give really good night sky viewing opportunities to our visitors. Just a whole new uh, opportunity for people to come to Jackson Lake State Park. You know, whether you're an astronomer or not, if you, uh, if you, if you only view the sky from the city, even in Fort Collins where I live, we go out to our hot tub at night and we'll look up and we can see the Big Dipper and some of the constellations. But the view is so much different because of the light that lights up the sky from the homes and the businesses. When you get out into a true dark sky environment, it really is just spectacular what you see, isn't it? Yeah, we're really lucky to be outside of that glow of Denver, Fort Collins, Greeley. We're just outside of it. Um, so a lot of times, especially during the summer, you can see the entire Milky Way draped across the sky. It's been really neat. And, and people, you know, to get out now, do people come out on their own or do they usually come out as groups or how do they take advantage of that? Yeah, so we have a couple different uh, groups that do come to visit us. We have some amateur astronomers that come and bring their own telescopes out. Uh, you don't need a telescope to come out and really appreciate the dark skies at Jackson Lake. Um, we were lucky enough to partner with Celestron and Mile High Astronomy down in Denver, and we 
have a wonderful telescope that we're really looking forward to using this summer for programming. Um, And then we also partner with the Northern Colorado Astronomy Group. They come out and they do a couple different lectures throughout the summer. Uh, They bring their telescopes. We'll set ours up so that people can get a much closer view of different planets and galaxies. It's a whole different world. Yeah, now right now, of course, with the COVID-19, we're not seeing group programs and things and hopefully that will change quickly so as we get into the summer people can take advantage of this but like you said earlier there's no reason that people can't come out and um, they can't camp there but they could come out and watch the sunset and then look at the sky I think and probably they would be just uh, in awe of what they would see. Exactly and there's actually a lot of cool apps that you can use for your phone um, that If you have your location services turned on, you can point it at the sky and it'll tell you exactly what you're looking at and give you some really neat facts about different constellations. Um, Yeah, so you're exactly right, is that you don't need a telescope. Just come out. It's a great way to social distance and maybe see something that you haven't seen before. Yeah, and make sure you come out with with your family and, you know, that you're with people that live in your residence for now. I mean, as we suggest these activities, they're going to change. Hopefully for the better, we're going to see a loosening of restrictions or recommendations. And we really want to stress that, first of all, you can go to the the Parks and Wildlife's COVID page, and I'm going to talk more about that later in the show. But as you be aware of what the restrictions and regulations are, and, and even if it's not a mandate, if it's just a suggestion, People need to follow it so that we can take advantage of these resources and keep them open. And I think uh, Jackson Lake State Park would be a great one of those. In fact, what a great day would be to come out, do a little shore fishing, and then stay long enough just to see the stars because it's just uh, it's spectacular out there. It's beautiful. Now, I, how is when camping starts, how is that going to affect this um, uh, Dark Skies project? Uh, So one thing that we're asking all of our campers once our campers do open up is to, we have the slogan, light your sight, not the night. So to only use uh, necessary lighting on your camper. So a lot of the the newer style campers have all these LEDs and cool color effects all over their campers. Well, it really can affect the the person next to you trying to view the night sky, or uh, it may... uh, you know, affect your opportunity to to view the night sky. So we're really trying to get kids especially to take a break from looking down at their phones and really appreciate what's above them. All right. Well, we've got to let you go, Amy, but it just sounds like a great, I I love looking up the night sky when it's dark. Uh, I'm probably going to venture out there this summer myself. It just sounds like a great opportunity. I'm sure you'll have more information and updates on the Facebook page and website for the park. Yep, absolutely. We update our Facebook very often. All right. Thank you for joining us. What a great opportunity out at Jackson Lake. Thanks for having us. You bet. Amy Brandenburg from Jackson Lake State Park. We're going to take a quick time out. We have more outdoors coming on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You know, we've been uh, talking a lot about the uh, the social distancing and things. I want to talk about that in a second. But first, coming up this next hour, Nate Zielinski is going to join us. We're going to talk walleye fishing and turkey hunting. And I'm sure we're going to talk some of the other lakes that are opening up and opportunities. After Nate, uh, Ben Swiggle from Parks and Wildlife is going to join us. And he's going to go through lake and pond opportunities in the Longmont Loveland area, very much like... Uh, 
like Paul Winkle did uh, on our last show, giving you opportunities where you can get out close to home and wet a line, take a kid fishing, have a little fun. And I go out and fish these types of ponds and small lakes all the time. So they're great opportunities to get out. I also want to remind you about our Facebook and our YouTube channel. Um, Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. We're going to try to keep you as appraised as we can as far as outdoor information and what's going on in Colorado and what type of restrictions and mandates we have. In fact, if you go to my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and you scroll down a few posts, and maybe we'll repost it to bring it to the top, we'll see. But there's, if you just scroll down in the posts, there's one for the COVID-19 page, Parks and Wildlife. What I've done is I put that link in there. If you click on that link, I keep it on my computer. And then I refresh it every morning, really. And they're telling you, if, for a while it was being updated almost more than once a day. Now it hasn't been updated, I think, since the 10th, because everything's kind of stayed uh, steady as far as the restrictions and what they're doing. But what it does, as soon as something gets updated, they update that site, whether it affects fishing, hunting, camping, hiking, the use of any state parks, if parks are closed or they're open. And so that if you go to that uh, page and just update it, it'll keep you appraised of what's going on and help you plan your outdoor activities. And then I mentioned our YouTube channel. I think Karen just posted another video to the YouTube channel, and she when she does that, she puts them on her Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. But the, <clears throat> the YouTube channel is the best of fishing with Terry Wickstrom. And, you know, we did 22 seasons of television, and there was two shows, Mountain States Fishing and Angling Adventures. And Mountain States Fishing was pretty much filmed right in this area. And so were a good part of Angling Adventures, which was more of a travel show. But we'd still film some of that in this area. So over half the shows on our YouTube channel, I think there's 132 or 135 up there now, were filmed right in your backyard. So if you're looking for a, a place you want to go fishing and you want a few tips, like we just put up North Michigan Reservoir Fishing from Shore, I believe, and that'll show us fishing from shore using real basic tackle and basic tips that you could go up there and do as soon as you're able to go up there and when it opens up and if it's available and, and catch some trout this spring and have a good time. So there's a lot of that there. Then there's destinations for when we can start traveling again. And we'll take you to places like Mexico and Costa Rica and Alaska and Canada. So that's all on the YouTube channel, Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom also. So use that, you know, enjoy some of that, get out, have a good time. And then, I want to touch, before we uh, take a quick break and bring Nate Zolinski up, I want to touch about what Jim Hawkins was saying a couple segments ago about boat ramps and social distancing. Right now in Colorado, the ramps are open, they're doing inspections, and we're allowed to use boats. But Jim made a great point. It's almost impossible to social distance in a boat so you, you really need to be with people in a boat that live in your residence. If you're not, you're not following the social distance guidelines. And if you congregate at the ramps and on the docks, and if the lines get too inhibited, that there's just too many people, uh, what we're going to see is we're going to see ramps closed. Michigan has closed all their waters to boating. Uh, Washington State is closed to out-of-state fishermen and maybe to in-state fishermen soon. We're seeing a lot of these kind of closures. California's closed some waters. We're not trying to be mean or say you shouldn't have to take your friends and go boating. Hopefully we'll get back to normal very soon because we all enjoy being out. We want our friends with us and even our extended family that doesn't live with us. But if we don't follow the recommendations, 
parks, even it was kind of hidden in a, a news release on one of the TV channels. They mentioned that, you know, they're looking at that and they may have to close boat ramps. Now, they don't want to do that. But if it becomes a social distancing problem, they may have no uh, recourse but to close boat ramps. And I want to be able to take my boat out. But if I do, I'm going to take my wife, Karen, who lives with me. I'm not even going to take my grandkids who live in other residents because their parents are out working and they're exposed to things. And we just got to follow this and get through it. And, you know, if we all pull together and get through this and we're courteous and we use common sense, um, this is uh, we're going to make it through this. We're going to be fine. It's just going to take a little time to get things back to where life's a little more normal. But we'll get there. And the outdoors can be a great uh, a great tool to help us keep our sanity. And so we want to enjoy it. We want you to get outdoors. But let's make sure we're doing it on a really good, safe basis and we're following the recommendations. We're going to take a quick time out. We come back. Nate Solinsky is going to join us. I'll bet we're going to talk walleye fishing, a little turkey hunting, and who knows what else. On Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. 